Jesus, an eccentric billionaire with nothing but a bunch of extra time to spare. He's got his favorite subject and he's happy to share everything he knows about Greece. He'll go to every single ritzy secret event and mingle with his buddies in the 1%. But they find his passion an embarrassment and repeatedly ask him to cease. But never one to back down, ever a pro. He claims there's nothing else that's even worth it to know. So he grabbed his butler Eric and he started a show to see if anything will catch his eye. Now every fresh contestant must babble and boast on the subject of their choosing that they treasure the most. Put your hands together and welcome your host. It's Adam Maximilian Josephus Vin Diesel Riffi. Tell me about it! Welcome to Tell Me About It, a game show about proving that the things you love are actually interesting and fun. I am Adel Rafai, local eccentric multi-billionaire, and I'm still looking for someone ugh, to show me something that is better and more interesting than the movie Greece. Uh, maybe the country Greece. Should we, uh, Eric, at some point, maybe we have somebody come on and talk about the country Greece. Might be kind of fun, though I am not doing this by myself. As I just yelled out, I spent four hours painting him and gave him a 160th scale model tank to drive around in. It's Eric Silver. Look, I'm so tall now. I'm on top, I'm on top of a tank. It's beautiful. Wow. Thank you, Adol. And 160th. That's the way to say that scale? Yeah, that's that's about right. Okay. I wouldn't correct you anyway, because my whole life is based around you feeling good about yourself, but I think that's correct. Oh, thank you. Yes, placate me, placate me. Uh, that's all I ask. I really appreciate you taking the time to paint me. I thought that I, I feel so much more vibrant now that I'm not just gray and polymer after you cracked me out of some plastic that you bought at the scariest games workshop you've ever seen. Yes, you're welcome. And I'm sorry that you look like a French girl. Um, I thought to paint you like one of them. That's fair. Uh, it's better than when you drew me, when you painted me nude like you did last time. I'm I'm glad you gave me at least one cloth. And for listeners, it was tasteful. It was a nude descending a staircase, and by descending, I mean pushed down. You hit so you landed so hard on your balls. <laughs> Every other stair I landed on my balls and then I yeah. landed on my eyeballs on the other stairs. That's the thing about if you go to the Guggenheim and you see nude descending a staircase, I have to assume that's where it's located. You don't you can't tell from the from the painting that that guy lands so hard on his balls. But next time you go and uh, view the art, just think about that. Something anytime you view Whistler's mother just think about maybe, you know, how her taint's doing. She's been sitting in that rocking chair for way so long. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Eric, enough of our <laughs> shenanigans. Uh, that should be a bar name. Who do we have in my mansion today? Well, we did hire a new bartender for here in the mansion who also has something to say. It's podcaster and bar owner Stuart Wellington. Oh, hey, thanks so much for inviting me. In fact, shenanigans is the name of a bar around the corner of one of my bars. Whoa, okay, interesting. Well, huh, maybe I'll buy that, snatch that up and try and compete against your bar. Stuart, what's the name of your bar? Uh, I have two, Hinterlands Bar and Minnie's Bar, uh, both in Brooklyn, New York. Please visit sometime. And Minnie's, I have to guess... <laughs> Minis is named after miniatures. Miniature must... soldiers, yeah, for Warhammer miniatures. Warhammer miniatures. Eric, is that what we're talking about today? I think so. It's small. It's, it's small in stature, but many in terms of the number 4,000. We're talking about Warhammer 4K. War 40,000. Oh, sorry, 40,000. 40, okay. 40K. 40K yeah. I'm so sorry. I dropped 4K, it. 4, 4K would be, that's, that's kid stuff. We're talking about 40K. 
Eric, you idiot. Is that why I've been listening to on vinyl Rob Zombie's brother's album, Power Man 50,000? <laughs> oh, I misplaced the thousand. I'm sorry. I put yeah. it in the wrong place. You idiot. One person out there, you're welcome who got that. Um, <laughs> now, Stuart, I have to admit ignorance. I'm usually pretty well versed in anything and everything pop culture. Warhammer 40,000 uh, escapes my um, purview. Uh, I'm familiar with Peter Gabriel's song, Warhammer, uh, which is, has a great music video, sort mm -hmm. of stop motion. Besides <laughs> yep. Peter Gra Gabriel's uh, Warhammer, uh, what else does Warhammer do? Why, why Warhammer? What does it bring to the table? Uh, so it's not a surprise that you wouldn't be exposed to it because it's primarily exists only in game stores, which are often dark and smelly. Mm -hmm. Um, although they're starting to branch into your Barnes and Nobles and Targets, but I don't know if you go to those places either. I, I own some and actually, well, Stuart, let me have you hold off there. Cause we might get to this in uh, round one. Um, Eric, why don't we go ahead and head over to round one and we'll, uh, we'll better set up Stuart to talk about Warhammer. Absolutely. Stuart, you must have been there when I was cracked out of the plastic only a few <laughs> days ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're just lingering in the back watching it happen. Uh -huh. uh, I was hiding behind a display of other miniature soldiers that have been unpurchased, and I was watching <laughs> you get cracked out of the plastic, licking my lips. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to paint that big boy. I like it. Stuart, yeah. this is round one. Just tell me about it. Stuart, I have 10 foundational points about Warhammer 40,000. Uh -huh. I'm so trying not to say 40K again so I don't get absolutely roasted. You can say 40K. Um, that I, that's what we call it. Oh, no, I did that time, but I'm worried about it. You're going to call head it 4K, now. yeah. And yeah, Eric, like it, I get what you're doing here. I'm not going to contribute to your 40K. You can retire <laughs> when you're dead. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. And uh, you probably just keep saying 4K because that's what's been poisoning your brain. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, ever since the alert, uh, the alert, the test alert mm -hmm. has been turned on, I have 4K riddled through mm -hmm. my body. Yeah, uh, Stuart, I have 10 foundational points about Warhammer 40K that I've assembled from Wikipedia here. Mm -hmm. I would love if you could give us an overview of your topic in five minutes. You're going to get points for hitting every bullet, especially if you make this sound interesting and cool. Everything I say sounds cool anyway. So I am uh, I'm here to talk about Warhammer 40K. It is a tabletop miniature war game uh, based far in the future where humanity is beset on all sides by aliens, demons, and other nasties. Uh, in the game, you build and paint a collection of, at this point, plastic miniature soldiers that are about 28 to 32 millimeter, depending on when you purchase those models. You glue them together, you hand paint them yourselves, and then you play a war game against your friends, or I guess weird guys you meet at a game store. Uh, some of the factions are, you have your basic humans, but the most popular are of course the super soldiers, the space marines of the Adeptus Astartes, who are genetically enhanced super soldiers who fight all the galaxy's enemies, who have a variety of genetic enhancements, including multiple hearts, a uh, layer of extra skin under their skin that allows them to wear powered armor. They carry guns that shoot out tiny miniature missiles about the size of a soda can that blow you apart. They're really cool and tough, and uh, yeah, that's great. Uh, they Everybody <laughs> in uh, all humans worship the god emperor of mankind, who is a superhuman uh, psychic who uh, is entombed in a golden coffin on the planet Earth known as the Golden Throne. And it, his psychic beacon, which requires thousands of souls to be sacrificed to him every day, 
allows him to project a beacon into the warp, which is kind of like a uh, another dimension that allows humans to travel the stars or the uh, travel through the immaterium. Yeah, uh, that's like when I make Mr. Rafai his breakfast. I don't know what's so weird about exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> he has to devour a thousand souls every day. Um, Eggs. And, <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, and then 10,000 years after that, uh, war is still going on. Uh, I don't know. What a uh, man! Have I hit five minutes yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, you haven't. Okay, so wait. What are the other races? Because it's like okay, there's dudes, but I know that there's tons of other stuff going on. I will gladly talk about that. So you have your regular dudes of the Astra Militarum. Those are general humans. You have the Adeptus Astartes, who are the Space Marines. You have the right. Ecclesiarchy, which are the forces of uh, the Church. You have the Adeptus Mechanicus, which are the uh, the human that worship the machine god and they're all like robo dudes you have uh, uh let's see you have the adeptus sororitas who are like warrior nuns you and then we start going into the forces of chaos which uh worship the four gods of destruction so you have the renegade astartes uh which are the chaos legions who ten thousand years ago turned against the light of the emperor and have become heretics same of course yep so some of those legions are things like the world eaters the death guard the thousand sons and of course the emperor's children uh, in addition to that, we have uh, various alien forces, aliens such as the uh, Eldar or the Aldari, who are kind of like space elves. They fly around in giant craft worlds. There's not very many of them left. They're like super smart and they see the future and they cast rune sticks. Uh, there's the evil version of them called the Drukari, who are like... Wait, Drukari, the host of Price is Right? That is. It's, they're named after Drukari, the, the uh, host of Price is Right. Cleveland's own? He seems like a good dude because he donated money to the wga strike but in fact this is an entire alien race that is uh built on uh worshiping uh or like devouring pain and pleasure in equal measure uh then we have the tau empire who are a race of uh a highly advanced technological race but they do not have access to the immaterium so they cannot uh travel the stars quite as quickly as mankind but it also means that they're less susceptible to the powers of the warp and chaos uh, humans, of course, hate them because they're aliens and different than them. Then you have the orcs, who are big green, uh, basically like space orcs. So think about, if you know the Lord of the Rings, those bad guys, imagine them in space with guns and stuff. They're green, they're mean, mm. they're fighting machines. Uh, uh, Stuart, if I may, uh, <laughs> meat yep. looks like meat's back on the menu, boy. <laughs> Oh, if, if I may. Meat is definitely back on the menu for the space orcs. Now, there's also another alien race are the Tyranids, which are basically what uh, inspired the Zerg in StarCraft. They are mm. a uh, hive mind intelligence uh, that's a, basically one giant biological organism split up into multiple tiny little organisms that float around and devour planets. Uh, they're gross. There's a sub-faction called the Gene Sealer Cult, which are humans that have been infected by those aliens that are trying to Hell throw yeah. off the yoke of the human oppressors and worship and uh, bring the star children down on their planets. Uh, they're like a bunch of tiny little gross losers. I love them. They're really great. Uh, we <laughs> Let's see, some other factions. We have the Necron Tier, or the Necrons, who are an ancient alien and race. time. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. How much knowledge does one brain hold? Stuart, <laughs> your eyes rolled back in your head. You weren't even looking at us. That was <laughs> yeah. wild. Stuart, I uh -huh. have to I have to admit. Uh I can we've done maybe 15 episodes something around there. Nobody has ever hit the words per minute that you have in terms of just pure knowledge, spewing fact. I once met a man in Phoenix on peyote 
who said a lot of the same words you just said, uh, for <laughs> the four gods of chaos, a thousand points of light, whatever that was, George W. Bush, um, or George Bush Sr., please. Uh, but I commend you on being so well-versed in your hobby, in your passion. Sure. sure. Uh, uh, Eric, let's go ahead and start off 10,000 points just for that. 10,000 points. No, you know what? 40,000 points, because of course it's Warhammer 40,000. That's where the thousand went. Okay, we'll put it there for sure. Yeah. Um, And let's Uh, let's go ahead and allow for a few bonus points here. Stuart, are you ready for a few bonus questions? Yeah, yeah, why not? Now, you said something about alien versus demons. (laughs) If Sigourney Weaver were to fight a demon in, in some sort of mech suit, who would win? Uh, does Sigourney Weaver have access to a catalog of psychic powers or have any kind of shielding against the demon? She has access to Paul Reiser. Oh, okay. So that's kind of a hindrance. Uh Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the demon's going to win on this one. Yes. Yes, that's right. Uh, you were correct. That's another hundred points, please, Eric. A hundred points. Uh, Stuart, you mentioned Another Dimension. Who sings the song Another Dimension or whatever the actual song is called? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Like, Is it the like Black Eyed Peas or something? It is the Black Eyed Peasty Boys. It's called oh. Intergalactic, I believe. Oh, so yeah, that's, of course We'll get 50 is. points for that. Sure, that's half <laughs> right. right. Yeah, 50 points. Guys, I just got a text. I have to move out of New York City because I fucked up a Beastie Boys question. <laughs> I won't be allowed to be seen on the street where every dad over 30 dresses exactly like a beastie boy. Well, Stuart, it's fine. You just live in Brooklyn, right? Uh, Yeah, it's basically the same thing. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. The mayor just renames every intersection Beastie Boys intersection, so Mm -hmm. that's going to be a problem. Final bonus question. Henry Cavill, I believe. Witcher himself. Henry Cavill, I believe, is a giant Warhammer 40,000 fan. Is that correct? Enormous. Yeah. Both in physical size and uh, enthusiasm. Yes. Now, Stuart, you're no small chickling yourself. You seem to be a bit of a beefcake Wellington. Uh, Uh Say you and Henry Cavill are both in uh, Speedos. You're greased up and uh, you're doing some Greco-Roman wrestling. Who wins? Uh, I think think, uh, the audience wins. Stuart, I was going I was literally going to say the answer is whoever's watching, baby. A thousand points to Stuart for reading my mind. That's incredible. This is probably for the best because you got a three out of ten on addressing the points. Oh, wow. Considering how your eyes rolled back in the back of your head and you just talked about the lore, which was only one of the points. So this is pretty good. I still don't know how to play this. I just know that you, there's a lot of terms that I do not understand. Oh yeah. Uh Stuart, what is your favorite? oh well. And I should say, this is for the game. What is your favorite race? <laughs> the human race, dude. <laughs> nice. nice. Wait, bro. Are you talking about, uh, and not the amazing race? You know, it's a great show, but I'm not that into it. Are you asking me my favorite race in Warhammer? Yes. Oh, uh, probably the orcs, because okay. uh, meat's back on the menu. And Stuart, for a final bonus question. Yes. An orc saying, looks like meat's back on the menu, boys, suggests that <laughs> when orcs eat they dine out and look over a menu could you name three (laughs) potential items on an orc restaurant menu yeah okay so you're always going to need uh you're always going to have some kind of like uh seasonal salad usually like an arugula salad that's essential everybody loves that (laughs) yes of course for the orcs who are looking to cut down yeah 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 cut weight yeah yeah fish of the day which is always bronzino like okay i get it and then uh yeah they're gonna they're definitely gonna have uh some kind of like a hanger steak something like a cheap cut of meat they can slap on there put a put a starch on there as well it's good absolutely 
But it's, everything's spelled just a little bit different. These orcs are spelled O-R-K. Uh-huh. So the hang for so steak is spelled S-T-A-K-E. Yeah, yeah. Just you're, to make it clear. Yeah, you're looking at the menu, property. yeah. Uh, another 50 points to Stuart for the for the orc menu items. Uh, orc, of course, the other white meat. Uh, Eric, meat how many points does Stuart now have? Totaling it all up. Stuart, you have 41,203 points. Congratulations. Uh, thanks. And Stuart, <laughs> I should remind you, I've, I think I've mentioned this in every episode. Eric, correct me if I'm wrong. Stuart, if you happen to get, I want to say, 526,800 points, the rent number, as we call it, you uh-huh. enter a special intergalactic bonus round. Just keep that in mind. Okay, I'll, I'll, try, I'll keep my eyes on the prize. Beautiful. Uh, keep eating souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of eye on the prize, I know they did that social experiment where a kid could either eat a marshmallow or hang out for a little bit and get two marshmallows or something. Speaking of two, Eric, take us on over to marshmallow round two. <laughs> Absolutely. This is round two, the perfect thing. Stuart, can you explain what a perfect encapsulation of Warhammer 40K is? If someone asked you, well, what's an example of why you love this thing so much? What would you say? Uh, I like sitting around by myself and painting little dudes. <laughs> <laughs> and then having those little dudes and making little sounds, like when I'm painting like a little guy with a gun, I make little pew-pew sounds. If I'm painting a tank or a vehicle, I make vroom-vrooms. Uh, and every once in a while, I get to play a game with my friends where we try and figure out the rules, and then we get annoyed with each other. <laughs> and it takes too long. It's great. I was going to ask you, like, are you, it seems like you're more of the kind of person who just likes, I'm going to do my little Warhammer together, and Uh it doesn't really matter who I Warhammer at. The majority, it sounds like 95% of the time is like, I have my little miniature, and I'm going to think about orcs, and I'm just going to paint them and have a good time. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, yeah, just to be real a second, I like painting my models. Uh, I don't have a lot of time to play games because I'm a grown-up and I have a life, uh, but when I do get to play games, I uh, I try to learn the rules so that the game goes smoothly, but I don't actually care anymore about winning games because, you know, that's not a big deal. I like, uh, you know, having an excuse to hang, hang out with my dudes and uh, make pew-pew sounds. <laughs> And my dudes, I assume you mean are the orcs, the space orcs themselves. Mm-hmm. And and my opponent, I I don't play games by myself. Uh, I did during the pandemic, and you know I'm not ashamed to admit that I played a lot of solo games during the <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> Outstanding, uh, hundred points for Stuart for that round two answer. That was fantastic. Thank you. And here's you the thing, Stuart. What I really loved is that. Almost, it feels like if someone else were to say like, oh, why don't you go play with your pew pew vroom vroom? It seems like almost like a sarcastic tone or as a pejorative. So I love Uh that you embrace the pew pew vroom vroom of it all. It also sounds like pew pew vroom vroom could be like a Soundheim patter song. So another thousand points to uh, Stuart. Yeah. If somebody (laughs) says that to me, I'm like, sure. Thanks. Peace. (laughs) Smell you later. Um, Stuart, for the bonus question, there's only one bonus question for round two. Which is a little birdie told me, could have been a space birdie or spurdy, if you will. Yep. Little birdie told me that there's another Adel Rafai, Abdul Rafai, out there in the world who, for your birthday, uh, for one of your special birthdays, he sent you a Warhammer figure, knowing that you loved Warhammer, but um, he sent you a figure not knowing if this is part of your game or you could do anything with it. Do you remember what type of figure that was? He, uh, the other Adelrefi sent me a great unclean one of Nurgle. And, a greater uh, demon of the chaos god Nurgle, the god of pestilence and plague and laughter. <laughs> so, he, so he does it all. Get you a get you an unclean that can do it all. Yeah, he's a jolly fellow. And does he figure into your games or was that a 
awful purchase. <laughs> no, it was a great purchase. It's a model that I've always, uh, it's actually a model I've always wanted and I never bought it for myself and I'm very happy to have it. Good, 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 good. Because again, a little birdie told me that that addle, whoever that might be, was simply looking online and said, what's the weirdest looking thing I could buy in, in terms of Warhammer figure? And that's what he stumbled across. So I'm glad to wow. hear that it was- Wow, he uh, could have found much weirder stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my browsers have a parental control, so I'm sorry, his oh, browsers. Okay. His browsers. <laughs> what the other adult got me is the Warhammer equivalent of Chet from uh, Weird Science. So when Ooh. Chet becomes a blob monster at the end of Weird Science, that's what it looks like, uh, and it's very cool. <laughs> Can you, I have to ask, what is something weirder than the unclean Nurgle miniature? Like a big that blob exists? that's carrying like a bell, and he's smiling, and his guts are hanging out? That's a pretty good question. There's a, uh, well, there's a... Uh, there's a guy who worships the, uh, Slanesh, the God of pleasure and pain, and he's sitting on a chariot and he has like people feeding him food and like fanning him. And it's being dragged by like half man, half monster beasts. Everything's very naked and very hellraisery. Uh, that's pretty weird. When, when you're at the, when you're in person at the games workshop yep. and you come up with that, uh -huh. are they just like, Cool, great job. Love that you bought this, and then you just move on, or no one said no one says anything about this. Well, if I bring something like that up to the register, the guy's like, "Oh, please spend a hundred plus dollars in my store, sir, <laughs> on this weird thing." And I'm like, "Yeah, take my money. Don't look in my face." <laughs> and he gives a look of like, "I know you're gonna fuck this figurine." Uh huh. Of course, that's what the yeah you you drill a hole in the base of the figurine, you have sex with it. <laughs> And I'm looking online here, Stuart, and it does say, I, correct me if I'm wrong, it does say here that Nurgle, am I pronouncing that right, Nurgle? Yep, yep. It does say that Nurgle's here full name is Stephen Nurgle, except for he can go into a machine that makes him Stefan Nurgle, <laughs> who's sort of a cooler, more cooler, uh, sophisticated yep. version, white tux. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and the whole and point of him is to wear you down. Yeah, and the thing is that when he becomes Stefan Nurgle, uh, Laura actually is attracted to him, which is weird. <laughs> She loves Stefan Nurgel, which is not who he is. And he can't be him all the time because that's not him being true to himself. You know what I mean? You get it. I know, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, 10,000 points for uh, the answer for that one. Eric, what does that bring Stewart's total to at the end of round two? Uh, you are now, ha you have 52,303 points. Congratulations, Stuart. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Eric, I forget. Do we, do we have to take an ad rock break or we just keep going? <laughs> Hey, it's Eric. I wanted to step back for a second from this nerdy podcasting stuff uh, and talk about other nerdy podcasting stuff. Man, the run that we've been on, we had Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, and Warhammer. That's like the three probably most nerdy things in a row. That's impressive that we just did that. Uh, hey, if you want to support what we do here, if you like hearing everyone's interesting stuff, if uh, you like what you do and you want to support independent podcasting, please go on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash TMAIpod. You can hear me say your name out loud if, I, if you become a patron. You can get us to make your very own Tell me about it. We do one for you. Or if you're a billionaire, you get ad-free episodes. You get tons of stuff. If you like this, if you like the show, you want to support us and you want to hear me say your name, go to patreon.com slash games and feelings. I think you also like a show from the Multitude Podcast Collective. Maybe you haven't checked it out. It's called Exolore. 
here, here's the deal. This woman, Dr. Moya McTeer, is an astrophysicist and folklorist who talks about worlds, world building, as if it is an actual real thing. Like, she uses science and applies it to worlds in TV shows, movies, books, etc., or thinks up what a world would be if we changed something on our world and turned into something else. Like, the premise of this podcast is something I have never heard before, and I still have not heard. And Molly is just like, yeah, here's all the stuff that I like. Here it is. Ultimately, you got to judge podcasts, first and foremost, and like, if it's in something you've never heard before, if it's unique, if it's something that might actually grab your attention, and this actually does and has grabbed my attention for years. Molly is incredible. Molly is so smart. So please, go check out Exolore. You'll learn, laugh, and gain an appreciation for how special our planet and other people's planets really are. Subscribe today by searching Exolore in your podcast app or go to exolorepod.com. We are sponsored this week by Hero Forge, which I think is very apt for the Warhammer 40k episode. You know how Stuart's always like, oh yeah, to spend a bunch of money and all this stuff with the weird IP that they're putting on and how you have to go to England and like go to their game store and all that? No, no. Hero Forge can help you out. If you want to make your own minis, you can fully customize them using Hero Forge's in-browser editor. Our easy-to-use design tool lets you build perfect miniatures online using a fully 3D in-depth character creator. Hero Forge offers custom minis in a variety of materials, including color printing. Yeah, Stuart needs to, like, get there with a tiny, tiny-ass brush. Like, it's so lethal. It's like two hairs, two mouse hairs on a brush. Nah, nah, dude. Hero Forge will color it for you. Hero Forge's 2.0 color technology allows you to create your perfect miniature in color with advanced features like decals, makeup, war paint, and more. Design your unique miniatures and get them printed in color, no painting needed. I've been doing it for years. Uh, I have a full shelf of all of the minis that I've made for Join the Party over the years. It's so much fun. Your role-playing world is colorful. Now make sure your minis are too. Visit HeroForge.com to start designing your custom miniatures today. And check back often. New content is added every single week. And now, back to the show. Uh, Well, let's go ahead and all at the same time scream round three. Eric, take us on over to round three. Thank you. And answer. This is the question and answer portion. We have some follow-up questions for you. Also, I'm worried that this is not real and you've been making up all of this, so we have to interrogate you a little bit. Okay. <laughs> These are the gotcha questions that Henry Cavill has warned you so much about. Please answer as many as are given. Stuart, are you ready? Yeah. Born ready. Okay. Question number one. If I'm starting from scratch, how much time and money is going to go into the lead-up to my first game of Warhammer 40K? Uh, probably a long time because you got to like glue your little guys together and paint them and stuff and then learn the rules. They like to say that it doesn't take very much time at all, but like at least like 10 hours. <laughs> okay. And how much, and how much money are we talking? 40 K for 40 K you want an army? Uh, yeah, we're talking, uh, probably about 200 bucks. Okay. Give or take. I thought that you were going to be, this was going to be more of a gotcha question. Like, oh, everyone knows that Warhammer is incredibly opaque and incredibly expensive to begin. But you're just like, yeah, dude, whatever. Just paint your guys. Like, I, you're unflapped, Stuart. Yeah, yeah. You just buy your crap and paint it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> question number two. On the wave of nerd stuff being cool now, do you think this is going to break what? through? Wait, what? 
Yeah, that nerd stuff is cool though. Nerds is pops and populars is uh, nerds. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, they just did a licensing deal with Amazon to produce content. So that, uh, with aforementioned Henry Cavill. So mm. maybe, but I don't know. I feel like the barrier for entry is so high. It's hard, It's unlikely that's going to be really cool because Joe average doesn't want to, you know, Joe six pack down the street doesn't want to have to pick up his great unclean one and hand paint that shit. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Question number three, Stuart. Why mm-hmm. is this game so popular in the UK? Is it just because Games Workshop is British and you need to buy the models from GW? I would say that's probably part of it. Um, I don't know. I mean, it it started there. I think they have more stores there. I think the concept of like sitting around and painting your models by yourself is a very British thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and... I don't know. Like, I feel like Americans, uh, the the whole thing kind of started out as more with like a little bit more of a touch of black comedy and humor that really didn't translate for the American audience because they, we don't really handle satire well. What was initially intended to be a comedically horrible dystopia, uh, American audiences are like, yeah, no, that looks great. That's wild. I didn't get that in any of the research. Yeah. I thought it was all like, yeah, grimdark, sweet. Yeah, love this. I think it's also shifted a little bit over time. Some of the uh, the satire has uh, dripped away as they realize that American audiences and people like satire is harder to translate. Mm. Mm. Uh, quick bonus question. Speaking of uh, international play in Australia, is it called? Nar Hammer? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm it hoping to go to. Uh, I'm hoping to play some games in uh, Australia in the new year. So who knows? <laughs> I'll I'll report back. Thank you so much. Uh, and final question for you: What's the most involved miniature that you've ever painted? Uh, that's a really good question. I took a long time painting a Greece's gold tooth, the ogre tyrant king who is carried aloft on uh, by an army of Noblar servants who are also carrying his uh, his riches. That took a very long time. Um, I just finished painting a uh, Uruk Megaboss riding on a Maw Crusher, which mm. I had to build in a lot of sub-assemblies that took a long time as well. So it's probably one of those two. Beautiful. Uh, I'm going to say 1,500 points for this round. Uh, Eric, go ahead and tally up what Stuart has at the end of round three. At the same, I still don't know if you're making all of this up. Mm-hmm. I, you could just be improving your face off. And I, I, this, I don't know. I just don't know. But the straight face, I don't know if staring at miniatures and painting them with a tiny brush has chilled you out so much that I cannot fucking tell. Yeah, yeah. It's a, that's that's my, my whole deal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and it looks like, um, I don't know if she's listening or what, but Nicole Kidman, famous Australian, sure, just yeah. texted me and she said, Warhammer feels good in a place like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's who I'm going to play Warhammer with in Australia. Beautiful. <laughs> Incredible. That, I mean, that must be how expensive it is down there. So only Nicole Kidman can participate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's She's great. She's uh, a candy opponent, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. <laughs> Stuart, you have 53,803 points. You are cooking. Oh, heck yeah. Have I hit my angel number yet? Uh, Angel number? Uh, What could that possibly be? (laughs) Um, No rent number yet for sure, but let's go ahead and rent an apartment so we can get out of this mansion and get over to round four. This is the Wheel of Extraordinary Challenges. I've instructed my manservant to prepare a few wacky minigames here, Stuart, to test your intellectual and creative metal. Perfect. Eric, what do we have today? Uh, We are going to play a game called Dragon's Den 40,000. 
Now, Stuart, you are you seem to be informed about a lot of things about the lore of Warhammer 40k. But do uh-huh. you know about the many, many, many spin-offs that Games Workshop has sold to other places that I almost boggle the mind as much of any of the minis that you have talked about? Stuart, I want you to pretend that you are pitching these projects to the executives at Games Workshop. You have okay. 60 seconds to convince them that this is really that these are good ideas, but can, luckily everything I'm about to tell you happened. So they're already successful. So it's yep. going to be good. You're going to be pitching it to uh Mr. Rafai who's going to be playing the executive at Games Workshop. Do you need do you need a second to get into character, Mr. Rafai? Um, as I think I just learned from a previous question, uh, Eric Stewart, it sounds like Games Workshop is in England. Is that right? Yep. It is in England, yes. <clears throat> okay, let me turn around and pretend that I'm doing something with my face. Uh, Brahim, Brahim, uh, Mr. Wellington, please, whenever you're ready, uh, pitch away. Wonderful. All right, Stuart, your first pitch is the thing that we've been talking about. Amazon Studios acquired the TV and film rights to Warhammer, uh, and it was very important that Henry Cavill was involved because he is a big fan of the IP. Please, pitch away. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys, have you ever heard of the fucking Witcher? That's Henry Cavill, dude. People love that guy. Now, so you already got some crossover sex appeal right there, so you got to put that dude in your show. Can he be a space marine? Yes. Can he be a regular human? That's going to be tough because he looks like a Superman. The thing is that Henry Cavill's a big deal, and the best way to bring that dude onto the silver screen or the smaller silver screen, that's right, your TV, is through Amazon Studios. So that's why we need Games Workshop to approve this deal where Henry Cavill and Amazon Studios make a bunch of Warhammer-ass shows shows to go right into people's TVs so that they will then turn around and buy your fucking miniatures, dude. Brahem, brahem, rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarb. That sounds very good. <laughs> as long as Henry Cavill has never dated someone one-fourth his age, I see no problem there. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's a tough call, dude. Anyone in Hollywood dates people. If you date somebody your own age in Hollywood, I, 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 it boggles my mind, and I know all this Warhammer crap. <laughs> Very good, very good. Next pitch, please. <laughs> All right, Stuart, I want you to pitch Monopoly Warhammer 40K, which is a real Monopoly that was published a few years ago that is based all around Warhammer 40K. Uh, it was published by Games Workshop, I guess, in a relationship with, uh, with I guess Hasbro runs Monopoly, but uh, I think, uh, yes, it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Parker Brothers. That's not a Parker Brothers. Oh, it probably thing, is. Maybe... Yes, my uh, uh, the Zerg melted my brain before. Oh this. We no! Were talking about now sorry. we're talking. Yeah, Blizzard got you. Uh, okay, so hey, Games Workshop. You know what every p- game people love? Because you make games, but you know what game you don't work on? It's called Monopoly. Monopoly is one of the most popular games in the universe. It's mm. got tiny miniatures. Those miniatures, not as good as yours. You need to put your miniatures on that board. And you know what would be great? Is if we changed all the names of that boring-ass Atlantic City shit, change it to Warhammer shit. If Ooh. we do that, then we'll be able to put that game into stores that are not weird, creepy stores, but regular stores like Target, uh, I don't know, BJ's, uh, Dollar Tree, etc. <laughs> I love <the> BJ's. <laughs> <laughs> so you can put that, you can, you can put a Warhammer Monopoly into those stores. And so normal people will see it and they'll be like, maybe I'm not a normal, maybe I'm a weird creepy that would go into a game store, but I've never tried before. Cause I was kind of put off, but maybe I'm secretly a game nerd. And I bought this store in a regular ass BJ. So now I've been like converted into being a Warhammer dude. I think that's the best idea. Warhammer Monopoly, sell that shit. 
dude? Uh, very, oh, dude, I like that. Uh, yes, uh, and if I could just address the room, we here in England call it monopoly. Mono, it's sort of an aluminum situation. Monopoly. Uh-huh. I thought you were going to be like, we call them job blows. It's different. Oh, yes, we do call those job blows. Of course, of course. Don't be crazy. Sitting in an English garden, uh, waiting for the rain to fall. Uh, next pitch, please. Incredible. All right, Stuart, you did point out that uh, the world of Warhammer is ultra-violent and grimdark, maybe from a satirical lens, but maybe we lost it over the time, because maybe they really weren't thinking about it, because in 2008, a line of novels for readers 8 to 12 were announced. (laughs) Yeah, okay. This is going to be a tough sell. Okay. Hey, uh, you want some kids to read your stuff, right? But you're having trouble having parents buy that stuff because it's so grim, dark, and cool. Well, you know what? We should make some books that are like kind of like that stuff, but a little bit lighter. So it's going to slowly, it's going to introduce kids to this world, but like not the worst parts of it, not the cool stuff, but just like enough of it, like a taste of it. So they're going to want to buy more of it. And then they're going to eventually, it's crazy because we're even targeting kids that can't even handle building complex models at this age. They're going to be too young for that, but that's fine because we're going to instill that taste. So in the back of their head, when they get to that age, they're going to be like, I want to, I want you to spend thousands of dollars on my hobby, mom. Uh, so that's the best thing we could do is make a line of books. Cause that's what kids love too, is they love books, but yes. you got to make sure they're a little bit tamer in case mom or dad is reading the book to the kid. So they don't realize that it's like super sick, gross shit. Like what, what we actually make. Dude. Oh, 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 dude, again, I love uh, Eric. Uh, sorry, my assistant, Eric. Uh, every time he says, dude, please add another thousand points to the skewer. Um, I love this idea. Yes, British children love to read, um, and especially little nasty bits. Roald Dahl was uh, insane, and uh, well, also a terrible person, but a lot of his books had terribly disgusting, uh, 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 terrible... Uh, super popular. Super popular uh, creatures, and also uh, one of our own, uh, which we don't really care for her anymore, J.K. Blah, 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 what's her name? Uh, she introduced children to s- she introduced our children to Snake Hitler. So uh, <laughs> it's all fair game, I believe. Uh, Eric, uh, what's our final pitch? Uh, really quick question, Stuart: Have you ever painted Snake Hitler, or you haven't found that one? I haven't bought that guy yet, but if I do, I will paint the shit out. Of <laughs> okay, good, good. Uh, this is the fi- this is the final real one. Games Workshop set up their own record label called Warhammer Records. Yeah. They sa- <laughs> they signed the death metal band D Rock to their label. Uh, they and they put out an album called Oblivion that featured songs based on Warhammer. Turns out also Brian May of Queen played on two of the songs. The sickest band of all time. <laughs> And yes, Brian, you may. (laughs) Stuart, you may as well, whenever you're ready. Okay, Warhammer Records. You're like, what's that? I've never heard of that because that's a thing you're going to do. You're going to make a record label. It's called Warhammer (laughs) Records. Yes. Now, for too long... Never heard of it. Well, that's because you have to invent it first. For too long, you've allowed other bands to do sick-ass shit using your intellectual property, and you made not a single dime off it. Now you can make some money off it. You know that band Bolt Thrower that fucking whips ass? Yes. Get them on your label. They've made tons of records, early stuff, even used your artwork. That's bonkers. You know how at Games Day in the U.S. for years, Guar was petitioning to perform, and you kept saying no? That's 
silly. Let Guar perform. Get them on your label. It's amazing. They would love to be on your label because the thing is, you want guys who are dirtbag metalheads to get super into Warhammer because even though they don't have money, they're going to be super cool and all the kids with money are going to want to be like them. So they're going to buy their dirtbag metalhead friends Warhammer stuff. So they're going to spend all that money on that crap. So that's what you need to do. You need to start a, war- a record label called Warhammer Records. You got to do that shit now, dude. Maybe the best answer yet, and uh, Mr. Wellington, if I may, this is eerie because just yesterday I received a, a phone call from my cousin, Marvin Workshop, and he told me, <laughs> he told me, you know that new record company you're, list- you're wanting to uh-huh. uh, start? Listen yeah. to this, and he played me Guar, and as a huge fan of Empire Records, uh, join the band, Mark. Uh, I have to say Guar is someone uh-huh. I've looked up to for ages. That's great. Uh, so I did it. Oh, wait, Stuart, could we do Guahammer 40,000? Uh, I think it's certainly something we can consider. I mean, it would be a wonderful tie-in product, dude. Oh, I guess then I won't even bring up MC Warhammer. Uh, anyway, Stuart, outstanding job. Uh, another 40,000 points plus, uh, I believe, 4,000 extra for all the dudes. Absolutely. I also want to give you another extra 1,000 points for naming Bolt Thrower because I wanted to include that, and I said, no, that's too obscure. I'm not going to put mm-hmm. that on him to know, and yeah, you knew it anyway. I'm not going to assume Stuart knows a band that never made a bad record, and they are the best. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't know. That's on me. I shouldn't have assumed. That's uh, on me, coach. That's I'll on go me. ahead. Uh, sorry, Adel here. I kicked out that old uh, fussy British guy. Yeah. Um, Adel back here. Uh, Stuart, I'm going to take a shot in the dark. And for an extra 10,000 points, can you name, I don't know, five to 10 uh, black metal bands? <laughs> uh, yeah, five to 10 black metal bands. You have Dark Throne. You have Immortal. You have Mayhem. You have Satyricon. You have Cradle of Filth. You have, I don't know, Sejuder. You have, uh, <laughs> you have Grima. You have Obsequia. You have Panopticon. You have Inquisition. Now, granted, you're just, the inclusion you're of writing these bands, an incredibly obscure ranker article as we speak. This mm-hmm. is crazy. I will say, inclusion of any of those bands does not equal support of their beliefs or views <laughs> or, or crimes. Uh, well, I would say uh, 100 points for each band, but I lost track. So let's just go ahead and give Stuart an extra 666 points. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Eric, where does Stuart stand at the end of round four? Stuart, you end with a very good amount of points. Uh, my favorite number, 98,469. Ooh, cool. Nice. <laughs> Oh, we didn't get to the rent number, but 98,000 is the In the Heights number. So uh, that's for one person out there listening. (laughs) Uh, Stuart, thank you so much. This has been a goddamn delight. Uh, I want to thank you. It sounds like um, Game Oh, Mr. Refai, Sir Pip Hop Cheerio. Hold on. Uh, You have to do do this with one more. Oh, yes. One more (laughs) thing. That's right. It's me, the stuffy, fussy British man. Oh, okay. For a final bonus point, uh, Stuart, uh, you will answer this random trivia question about the world's most perfect film, Grace, which of course is what we call Greece here in England, Grace. The first production company to ask for the film adaptation rights for the musical wanted to make what genre of movie? Uh, martial arts. Wow, that would be incredible. <laughs> Imagine the T-Birds just like throwing down like... 
Tony Jaa. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would I would watch the shit out of that. Imagine Danny uh, running up the trunk of an elephant and doing a backflip to land on Kanicki, breaking his neck. Just doves coming out of nowhere. That would be yeah, awesome. A lot of, a lot of Tony Jaa references from adults. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's my there's guy. more elephant stuff, and then like Thailand's featured yes, yes, prominently. Yes, yes. Uh, the raid, of course, the uh-huh. raid. Um, Stuart, you're so close. It was actually an adult animated movie. They wanted it to be oh, an adult animated like movie. Like Fritz the Cat. It was actually uh, by yeah Ralph Bakshi, the who was who created yeah, Fritz the Cat. What a first crack. Yeah. I wonder what cartoonist he was planning on ripping off for it. That's a wizard's reference to uh, the two people out there listening. Uh, here's a wild fact: uh, Yahoo Entertainment interviewed the uh, the co-creator of Grease, Jim Jacobs, and talked about the meeting with uh, Ralph Bakshi, and mm-hmm. they're like laughing. The two guys are like laughing to each other, trying to hold it together. And Jim Jacobs is like, "Okay, Ralph, so how does it end?" Uh, and he says, "Well, Danny Zuko commits suicide, and that was the end of the meeting." I think I think it would have been just as much of a cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. There I uh, said it. And here's a fun fact. I don't know how I know this, but the other Adel Rafai, whoever that is that we were talking about, turns out his sister and Grease co-creator Jim Jacobs are very good friends. And that Adel has spent uh, many conversations with Jim Jacobs. And he's told that Adel the origin story of Danny Zuko in Greece, uh, Danny Zuko based on his cousin. And it's some of the most fucked up shit he's ever heard. Uh, so maybe another time we'll talk about that. But yeah. we don't have time now. Um, let's go ahead and tally up. What is Stuart's final score, Eric? Yeah. How'd I do? Man, I want to stop the podcast and have a question and just hear all about that. But you didn't get any points left on the Grease question. You didn't say Danny Zuko kills himself, so no points. Uh, you, you end with 98,469 points, which nice. if we're looking at the big high score board, Stuart, that puts you at number one. Yes, I'm finally number one at something. <laughs> Incredible. So what do uh, I guess what's next for me? Let's see. Uh, obviously yeah. I feel really good. So I'm going to call my parents and then, uh, I think I'm going to have a really good session with my therapist talking about, uh, like really living into my successes. And I think one of my mm. great successes is, uh, being number one at Warhammer and, you know, like just being a great podcaster. So I think I'm going to do that. Uh, cool. One of the, Stuart, one of the best, and you've won the right to plug any podcast or project that you're working on right now. That sounds perfect. Thank you, Adel. Uh, I will plug Hinterlands Bar and Minis Bar, both located in Brooklyn, New York. You should come out and visit. Spend some money so that this guy can buy more Warhammer stuff. Uh, I'll say, I'll go ahead and say one of my favorite bars uh, oh, in the U.S. In the U.S., you fucking asshole. <laughs> well, hey, you can't compete with the the bars and Golden Guy. They are on another level. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but buy buy a T-shirt. Buy a, the the merch there is on point. Thank you. Best best uh, wallpaper out of any bar in Brooklyn, I can yes, say. Oh, absolutely. Yes, that's what I like to hear. We uh, And also, uh, if you like listening to me talk a lot about uh, boring garbage, uh, you should check out my podcast. It's called The Flophouse. We've been doing it forever, and we review bad movies and talk about whatever else. Uh, so check us out. We're actually in the middle of doing six months worth of virtual live shows called Flop TV, where we talk about old stuff, including... Cool World, directed by one Ralph Bakshi. Ooh. Uh, so ooh. check that out, uh, Flophouse and Flop TV. Well, Stuart, a goddamn delight to have you. Thank you so much for coming on. That's all for this episode of Tell Me About It. Tune in next week for more Pew Pew and more Vroom Vroom. Say goodbye, Eric. Goodbye, Eric. <laughs>